Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 41 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we're going to be starting off with with some browser news, uh, big browser news out of uh, Mozilla. Mozilla released their uh, big Firefox version, Firefox Quantum, uh, which is which is a whole new thing. It's, it's a lot of different things. Uh, there's a redesign of the UI. There's uh, let's Christian. What do you, what do you, first of all, what do you think about this? Like, what is this Like, Is this important still? Is Firefox still relevant in 2017? Sigh finally is like what I think about Firefox quantum because right. Like I'm pretty sure me and you in one form or another have been using all the shit that's in Firefox quantum in nightly since like what, 2011, 2010, like, like back when you used Arch Linux and I was using like (laughs) Linux mint. You remember like it was, it was such a long time ago. This, this stuff has been, so uh, what, what Firefox quantum contains, it has electrosis, right? If I'm pronouncing that correctly, electrolysis, Uh, it's electrolysis. It has their new um, web extensions system. Yeah. Uh, it has, I think they modernized some of the UI. Um, I think this version ships their new DRM um, stuff, right? Like they fully, they fully uh, web extensions baked in now. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more. We're going to have a link to the, uh, to the Firefox blog. But yeah. like, so minus, I think, web extensions, so it's more of a recent thing. And one way or another, Mozilla has been working on all of this since like 2010 or 2011. Yeah, Microsoft, uh, sorry, not Microsoft. Uh, Mozilla um, has been has been at this that all of this stuff that is here in this release is is are, are have been long term Mozilla projects uh going back. Like the web extension stuff was announced back in twenty fifteen. Like uh web extensions, just to clear this up, is is the new add on system, uh a replacement for the for the add on system in, in Firefox. So uh this this is sort of controversial because web extensions as a replacement means that a lot of add-ons no longer work in uh, uh, in Firefox because the developers have either abandoned the projects or they're an extension that cannot be updated because a uh, web extension doesn't have the functionality that those add-ons uh, need, like those APIs that they were using no, no longer exist and uh, they don't have access to those. So it has been a sort of a controversial release as well in some circles uh, because uh, Firefox has been for a long time the... The power, uh, sort of the power user browser, uh, because it does come with, uh, used to come with those add-ons that are really baked into the browser and therefore allow a lot of customizability and UI changes and a lot of things that are no longer possible. Uh, This is both a good thing. It is a good thing because a lot of these add-ons made the browser unstable. A lot of these add-ons made it so that it it was hard to make performance improvements to Firefox, like uh, the multi-threaded system. Uh, that is electrolysis uh, required uh, moving a lot of stuff to web extensions because otherwise they wouldn't be able to use the new uh, multi-credit system. Uh, but it is also a bad thing because we are losing a lot of a lot of powerful add-ons that are that are probably never going to be updated because either the developers can't or have no interest uh, in updating them at this point. So, Christian, what do you think about like web extensions as as a change this version um i mean web extensions with chrome and safari did at first safari now uses some kind of native content blockers and some other stuff uh some other native-ish uh extension wrapper stuff which is weird and i do not know why apple moved from that 
Uh, but yeah, so this is like what Google uses. This is what Microsoft also uses in um, Edge. Like they're obviously not the same system. There's always going to be differences, but you could generally now port an extension from Chrome to Firefox to Opera to uh, Edge without having to do too much work, which is nice. And I think it's honestly, just for a security perspective, probably the best way forward. He's not giving random extensions access to your browser, uh, like access to anything but what's in the sandbox with a, with a defined permissions model is much better for end user security. Uh, so uh, Mozilla also has a more detailed blog post about uh, from one of their developers about what Project Quantum actually is and what the performance improvements are. Uh, the biggest advancement is parallelism, the benefits from their high-performance browser engine project, Servo. Uh, it is a new web rendering engine with a, like a faster speed and uh, better security and responsiveness. Uh, it is also like leveraging Rust, the programming uh, new programming language that is uh, safe and it's a type safe and uh, fast that was pioneered at Mozilla. So you know you get you get this cool stuff that you can deliver all of the components of a web page uh, in multiple CPU threads. So you're actually taking advantage of modern CPUs and not just you know using that uh, one core. Uh, really slow ui blocking what well, was it one core it was one process right the one process rather um yeah firefox used to block in the ui when you load heavy pages because like it would load it at the same sort of thread as the ui thread uh stuff like that has been resolved stuff like that is, is has been resolved since the last few releases but firefox quantum really is is putting and it is it is super fast i'm telling you it is as fast, uh, you will be hard pressed to tell the difference between Firefox and Chrome. I want to uh, say on Windows, it's a different story on Mac OS, right? Um, so the gold standard on Mac OS is Safari, but uh, Safari doesn't support a lot of things that makes the web web apps nice, right? Like if you just read stuff on a Mac, you'll be fine on Safari, but if you use Mastodon, that always, that has problems. Um, if you use uh, Discord, Wire, any of those, you can't use them in Safari because Safari doesn't properly support WebRTC, even though Apple keeps saying that they're going to do it. Please fix that, Apple. But uh, Safari is fast. Chrome is second fast, like second best, rather, if I can speak English properly. And I want to say, Zoo version of Firefox is faster than previous ones, but the UI is choppy. Like, I noticed this when it was in beta. I didn't really say anything about it because I figured, right? Like, oh, it's the beta builds. It's fine. But animations are just choppy on my Mac. Like, opening tabs and closing them chugs. Um, are you oh, sure you don't have, like, 3D acceleration disabled or something? Because that's... I, this, I'm using... I wiped the profile, right? And and did a clean install of Firefox when, uh, when, I, uh, when the, the stable version came out. And like it sometimes it'll just dip in terms of like the frame rate of the animations and stuff. Yeah. That's yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying that at all. Like it's it's fast all around. It's it's the animations are really smooth. Uh everything is very responsive. Uh like Like it's definitely better, right? I'm saying compared to like Safari, and Safari has the advantage of probably using some APIs and stuff that no one can touch on Mac OS. Yeah. Safari is Safari almost doesn't count because uh, Safari is first party, and that means that Apple uh, gives it privileges that other other browsers simply cannot probably use, right? Uh, so, yeah. When compared to Chrome, I think at this point, uh, well, and and so, yeah, uh, 
compared to Chrome, right? Yeah, it's it's. I would say it uses less memory than Chrome. Um, something we didn't say earlier, which I do want to read, uh, touch upon, is that this new move to a multi-process model with parallelism and uh, using so each tab will run in a separate process, right? So if one tab crashes, it takes out the whole entire browser, which is something Google's been doing since the inception of Chrome. Makes Firefox now use a bunch, uh, much like its RAM usage just skyrocketed, right? Like it's not as bad as Chrome, but it is using more RAM. It is using more RAM, but this is uh uh. An unfortunate, like it's a sort of a side effect of progress, I guess. In this, uh, like if you want a more stable browser, uh, you're gonna have to do it. Like, there is just no getting around it. Like, Firefox has been working on this for a long time, uh, and it has been a long time coming. Uh, but it's it just like you have to do it. Like, uh, there's no other way that you're gonna make the browser more stable other than separating tabs into their own processes, right? Like, that is just that's just how it is. You can't get around it. Uh, it's just that web pages can be unstable. Various well, you cannot predict which web uh, web pages are good or bad. Like you just can't. So you just have to make it make a thing that just separates every every tab from the other tabs. So you don't have one bad web page crashing the entire browser, which which was which is terrible. By the way, that is a terrible experience. So I would prefer something using more memory but being more stable than it being crashy because a uh, uh, tab decided it was gonna do some stupid javascript bullshit uh i decided to crash so yeah and honestly too i guess at this point right like none of these modern browsers are really designed for people who have like 300 tabs open anymore no no um that has to be fair to most people uh the majority of use cases of browsers are not even 10 tabs probably i would say like not even people i don't think people even have more than 10 tabs open most people yeah it's probably how they manage memory in the long term right like if you have facebook or discord open for a while not having that like you eat up a bunch of ram and having good garbage collection for that is probably a better a better like you should focus on that more than like making firefox usable if you have 500 tabs open in 10 yeah that is definitely not the use case Mozilla is obviously optimizing for that. It makes no sense because most people do not have that many. T- Hell, even I don't have uh, that many tabs open. At most, I have like ten, uh, maybe twenty, depending on what I'm doing. Uh, but I I tend to close tabs fairly often because I tab management in Chrome is hard. But it's also that I fe- I figured that after a while that having a lot of tabs open is actually not working in my benefit is actually working to my detriment, and I and what I do is if I need to read something later, I just put it in pinboard so I can read it, you know, read it later. Uh, so that is what I do. I use bookmarking. I use you know like lists and other things that so I don't keep tabs open anymore. I don't keep tabs open for long periods of time, um, and I don't think most users do. And so that is not what either Google or Mozilla are optimizing for. Uh, which makes sense. Uh, so if you have a lot of tabs open, well, that's unfortunate. But that this is really not going to be the. Uh, this is really not going to be like not no not any browser. I think at this point is going to be the browser for you. Like it is just uh, all these browsers are moving past that model. Uh, so that's that's the thing. That's Firefox Quantum. Uh, well, wait, so, wait, we got some more. Hold on, we got, we got some. More. I want. I got to talk about. We I know I said the animations were choppy, right? But they're also nice. I need to talk about how nice they are. So, so when you when you're loading a tab, right? It has like these two little blue. It's like a blue ball that just kind of moves back and forth, back and forth, right? And then when it's done loading, it expands out to the tab. And um, if the page is seeking something, there'll be a blue bar at the top of the tab, which uh, has a uh, has a uh, moving animation. 
and how the refresh button animates now. Like Firefox is a very playful animation style. I know I said it was like right. I said it was choppy, but that's it's different. The animation style is nice, and I like it. Whether or not it's choppy on my system is a different problem that Mozilla can work on. Um, but how they they've made Firefox like fun to use, and I like it. Um, I mean, am I going to switch from Safari? Right, not really, because I have an iPhone and. Uh, Firefox at iOS is not good and having um bookmark sync and all that stuff is super is really important but like you know if you're using Chrome just maybe don't use Firefox maybe yeah maybe I think at this point what I would say is if you if you used to use Firefox then you switch to Chrome because you know Firefox was slow or you know stuff like that then consider giving Firefox another try. You'll be, I think, pleasantly surprised. Like it is, it is a really nice browser uh, at this point, and this release is a very good release. And I recommend at least giving it a try. Like at least trying it out and see if if it works for you. You know, it, it's like it's it's cool. Like this is good. This is good stuff because uh, Chrome for a long period of time has been dominating, and I and I'm not really a fan of that to be honest because. Uh, we need more competition in the browser space so stuff doesn't become Internet Explorer again. Uh, and that. Speaking of Internet Explorer, though, Edge has gotten good, too. I just want to say, uh, with the Fall Creators update, I would say uh, Edge, Firefox, and Safari are, like, the three browsers that you should now use. Like, I think it's time to just tell people to stop using Chrome just for the fact only that... Uh, Google's getting into a weird place of internet advertising right now where they have those ad blocker tools, right? That's yeah. built in the Chrome and they're just starting to dictate like what and what, what can and what cannot be shown. Yes. Um, there's sort of an ideological point to be made with browsers. Uh, I suppose if like, if you, if you want to use like browsers that are not as popular then and, but like all of these browsers are good. Like Chrome is fine, but it's like Google is pushing all these web standards that, that they implement first in their browser and then everybody else has to implement because Google implemented them and you know stuff like that. So I feel like using Firefox at this point may constitute like a sort of like a stand against Google dominating the web, uh, which I think is, is good. Like I was talking, I wrote a blog, po- blog post uh, a couple weeks earlier about, you know, making the projects that we want uh, to see the web, become what what you want it to be right like a good open web uh and i think firefox is is still uh, embodiment of the open web and i think more people should actually give this a try because it is good so that is firefox quantum i think i do you have anything else to say about it no no i think i think we had all of it uh, yeah uh from that we move on to some bad things i guess uh bad things being first of all uh there's a new need for speed game uh, it's called Payback. Need for Speed Payback. And it's called uh, it's called Payback because you pay EA back money for buying the game again and again. Also, shouts out to Jim Sterling for that joke. I can't, I can't, I can't steal that joke, or I mean, I can't proclaim on it. But I, it was good enough that I want to repeat it. PSO. I think we talked we've talked about loot boxes and all that and how they're hot garbage and everything's bad. Um, but Need for Speed upsets me on multiple levels because. Like the review that we have will be the Ars Technica review, and uh, they, like the driving's bad in the game, which is firstly like it's a driving game. How do you fuck that up? Like this, you, that shouldn't have made it out if the driving doesn't feel great. But also, they put car customization behind loot boxes. 
I want I want my sick like floodlights on the bottom and I want my nice rims. You can't do that. That's not how yeah. it works. It is bad. It has a bad like the story is extremely I mean the need the story need for speed games have never been good, but this is particularly garbage. Uh it's just they weren't even trying. It's just all bad tropes and terrible voice acting. Uh there the car handling as i mentioned is mediocre like it is really bad like i, I don't understand how how do you fuck this up uh it's 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 garbage uh loot drops as we mentioned for everything for performance to uh, performance upgrades to your cars to customization options it's all loot boxes uh so which makes it very very grindy uh it is it is grind to get you to buy loot box that's that's fucking it that's it that's disappointing as hell but that's what it is uh also there apparently the ugly thing in the Ars Technica review is apparently uh there's a character description called anarchist hacker street racer which is an unironic spoken character description um so yeah um just skip it uh go play burnout paradise because you know here's what you're gonna do all right here's where like (laughs) if you uh have a pc if you have a ps4 i'm sorry all you have is gran turismo sport there's no backwards compatibility but if you have a pc you have an xbox you're gonna go hey if you're on pc just get like most wanted the first one right yes yeah first most (laughs) wanted just play old racing games old or uh, just uh like uh, okay we don't recommend us at Shades of Brown. We don't uh, condone piracy in any way whatsoever. No, no. But if you could find a physical disc of this game called Midnight Club Three Dub Edition and a PS2 mm-hmm. emulator, like a one right there. Yeah, You're that in is for a that treat. is the that is the good shit. It has aged uh, <laughs> it has aged pretty well. I think racing games uh, age better than other games. But uh, Midnight Club Three, uh, Need for Speed, Most Wanted, the original one, uh, Burnout yep. Paradise, which mm-hmm. you can buy from Steam, or uh, also the Xbox uh, backwards compatibility. X- Xbox backwards compatibility, or uh, if you want a new game, Forza Horizon Three is what you want. Um, Don't not it, Forza Motorsport Seven. That's also battle loot box. Yeah, Forza Motorsport Seven is also a bunch of loot box garbage. So just uh, get Forza Horizon Three. Wait, it, can, we, it, can we have like a sidebar on why Midnight Club Three is good? Like I think we've like I think we've mentioned it before, right? But I don't think we've ever had like a serious discourse on why this game is amazing. It's, it's been a while. I don't remember honestly. I don't remember much of the details. Okay, I can I can go into some details then. Okay, so go ahead. You got you. You're like in Detroit, right? I think that's where the game starts at. I think it's Miami, San Diego, and Detroit. There's three cities, right? Yeah, and you can just hop back and forth from them, and each city has a theme, right? Like one city, you have like. Uh, this Chicano uh, dude who's like all into muscle cars, and then you have like the rich boy who's just like into like uh, sports cars, yeah. and then um, I think there's like trucks in one city. God, it's been a while, but like yeah, the thing, the thing that makes Midnight Club Three good is that the story is campy and like okay, maybe it plays on some tropes, but it does it well, right? Like it lives up to that. Like it, yeah, it sets that as like the expectation of what you're, that's where you're gonna get. Yeah, and then also um. The cars just feel so good, right? Like yeah, that's the cars, what it, it, it's. Yeah. It's yeah. so. It's not a simulation game. It is an arcade racer, but in terms of it being an arcade racer, like the controls are great. It's like, um, like how I think I talked about last week of Halo, right? Like it's one of those games that where you lose, it's not because like you feel like the game cheated you. It's because oh, I could have done this better. I could have done Y better, and it's. Uh, it is. It is a really uh for its time it's it's a nice looking game for its time i suppose uh, that's a thing also and the cars handle obviously very well uh the story is campy but those that i mean it is it can't be in a good way like it's not 
like terrible. Uh, it is campy, but usually people don't play those games for the story. Uh, you play this with the hella fast cars. Uh, so yeah, Midnight Club Three Dub Edition, good stuff. Burnout yeah, Paradise. Uh, oh, Burnout Paradise too. Yeah, mm. Burnout Paradise is very good. Like it is probably one of the still one of the best racing games ever made. Uh, it's so. the only like one of the few very like open world racing games that's done well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Burnout Paradise is is really good. Uh, you can get it, as I mentioned, get a copy on Steam or from Xbox One backwards compatibility. Also, um, um, if you want me and Zach to do a Let's Play of Midnight Club 3, please, please add us. Because I, I'd actually, have to, yeah, I would have to get a copy. I don't know where. I would, maybe I mean, GOG? I don't, maybe, maybe GOG? Yeah, we, we had a we 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 got to find a legit, definitely legit copy of this game somewhere yeah, out there. Well, we can do it though. Yeah. We we can yeah. find it. Yeah, we can. I can find it, but like uh, maybe GOG is selling it. But I'd have to. Was there a PS? Look. Was there a PC release soon that Club Three? Was it only yes, PSP? Yes, yes, yes. I I played it on PC. Uh, oh wait, oh that's... shit! It had a, I played it on PS2. I thought it was like PS2 or PSP that had it. No, no, no. PC had that was a, definitely a PC release because I wait. do remember playing it. Wait, was PC. there an original Xbox one? Because what if it's backwards compatibility for the Xbox then? Maybe, maybe it Ooh. is. Uh, maybe you can Ooh. get like a used copy of it, but um, I'll see if it's available on like GOG uh, or maybe even on Steam. I don't know, but I, I, I want to pick it up because it is it is a, it is a good good racing game, and we don't get many of those anymore. Uh, but also, yeah, Forza Horizon Three uh, is very good. Uh, still played. I don't know. I don't even know how many hours I have into it, but it, it is a lot. Uh, it is a good game. Uh, I recommend it. Um, it is definitely more arcade racing, but you can make it more sort of like simulation racing if you really want uh, that kind of thing. But it is definitely geared towards uh, arcade stuff. So give that give that a shot. Uh, if you want to buy it on Windows, you have to have Windows 10 and the Windows 10 store. You have to buy it from the Windows 10 store. Uh, but which it is, is fine though I which is I, fine uh it is xbox it is a play anywhere title so if you do buy it digitally on the uh on the microsoft store you get it both for xbox one and pc and those you can mu- play multiplayer between them uh which is extremely good uh also means- uh just quick update quick update of midnight club 3 i looked it up if you're gonna look if you're gonna find it uh listener get get the remix edition because it has tokyo in it Oh, okay. That's that's good. Uh, uh, where did you find? Like, is it available in Geo- on GOG or? Something? Uh, no, there was no PC release. It was PSP, Xbox original, Xbox, and PS2. Then what did I play? I you played it on the PSP. I'm 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 putting my money that you played it on your PSP. Oh, that was probably like I somehow misremembered it. Like I thought I played it on on a PC, but apparently not. Okay, uh, sure. Uh, I do have a PSP, by the way. So like, you still have it. Yes, it still works. It's still functional. Uh, Damn. Uh, I have the original PSP, the fat one, uh, PSP 1000. Uh, speaking of old consoles. Wait, how do, does your analog stick still work on that? It is mine worn broke. out. It works. It works, but it's worn out. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little wonky, but it still mostly works. I could probably get it replaced if I really wanted, but I don't really play it anymore. So, like, I don't see the point, but. Uh, yeah, it still works. The you can still put UMDs in it, and it'll still work. Uh, do you remember PSP hacking? Yeah, yeah, I do. Did, I, um, did, did, that did was you, my. Uh, I had an school. iOS theme on it. I had an iPhone three <laughs> theme on it. Right? Where you you remember how it used to have like that water drop background when Apple first added like backgrounds in iOS three? 
Yeah, um, oh, I, I my PSP like the reason I got a PSP was because it was moddable. Um, like PSP one thousand is fully moddable. Uh, you put custom firmware on it. You can do emulators. Obviously, you can pirate games. Uh, that that was a big deal because back in high school, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't buy games. So that was the thing. Uh, I played a lot of Gundam games on my PSP, and it's still installed on my PSP's memory card, so I can still play it. Uh, things like that, you know. It's good. Uh, Bruh, the, the Midnight Club 3 website's still up. I can't what? load it properly because it says you can enter the garage, but it requires Flash Player version oh, 7. Oh, my God. I'm sending you a link. I'm sending oh, you a link Jesus. right now. Um, oh, wire got- is not open, so check the Discord. Oh, Lord. That is uh, that is good because that is, uh, you know. So this, this link's going to be in the show notes. Uh, so- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look at that. That's the that's that good shit right there. That's that, website, that good shit. That website is like, uh, very what two thousands? Like it is very uh, extremely two thousands. It says Flash Player Seven required. Um, it's uh Rockstar Games published it, and it was a Rockstar San Diego game. Uh, so that's that. Uh, it also says like the original price. Yeah. Oh no, that's not the original price. I guess that's like a later price, like a like a maybe it was finished price uh, for nineteen ninety nine. PlayStation Two computer entertainment system greatest hit and Xbox Platinum hit in stores now. You can uh, get a wallpaper for your PSP. <laughs> they have a Ducati wallpaper for PSP with an aspect or resolution of four eighty by two seventy two. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds like the correct uh, resolution for for the PSP. Yeah. So uh, if there's a better pitch for Midnight Club 3 than any of us could make on this show, yeah, that uh, is... here's, here's what they put. They put Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition has more speed, more choices, and more chrome than any game has ever packed under the hood. That's it. That's it. That's that's all you need. And you, and you need the 2000s-ass website to sell you on it. I mean, take a look. We're going to put it on the show notes because it's, it's it's this is a part of web history. I think I, well, like I'm going to put this, go to archive.org and make sure this is archived because like this shit is is... is Good internet history, and we need to keep it uh, archived. Uh, speaking of not good shit, um, we are going to move on to the Razer phone. Um, it it came out. I, I guess Android Central has a review of it. Uh, it is an interesting design. Um, it's basically the next bit Robin design. So Razer bought next bit uh, earlier this year. Uh, so th- th- this is what this is. Uh, it has a 120 hertz display, good battery life, uh, very good performance, obviously. Nice design, but it has bad daylight visibility on the screen. Uh, terrible camera, no water resistance, and it ships it no good. So, L-O-L. Like, that's all That's all I have to say about this phone, right? Because what, what's the point? Like, it's it's 2017. You can't, you can't do this. I understand what uh, they were going for, like especially the display. Like having 120 hertz on a display is yeah. genuinely an interesting thing, right? And it's yeah. genuinely something that is cool, and I respect the fact that he did that. But at the end of the day, your camera is not good. It's not good in sunlight. Um, the phone itself—that's a big phone. Like I get it. There's top and bottom speakers, but still, like it's so big and bulky relative to like the screen uh, bezel ratio. So like, I mean that's that is forgivable. That is like a design aesthetic choice. I guess some people are. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm okay with the bezels, but like what is not okay is the terrible screen quality, 
and the terrible camera uh, for a seven hundred dollar phone. Uh, that is that is definitely not not a great uh, great look for Razer's first phone product. Uh, and the focus on gaming is not relevant to me at all. Like Android gaming is is just not it's not compelling in in any way. Like uh, even th- iOS, right, which is like the gold standard of mobile gaming. Not consoles, don't at me. Uh, is going is like not great, and it's only like what what is this? Oh, great! My free to play game, where I have to spend ten dollars to move past the level, is gonna look wonderful on this nice display. Like, what's the point, right? Yeah, it's not even a nice display. Like, try playing it outside, and it won't. It'll look garbage. Uh, so that's that. I mean, it's it's. I was hoping this was a good phone because this is a very nice looking phone. Next bit has a good uh, good aesthetic. Uh, for design, I think I like their design. I, even even the bezels are, you know, uh, bulky, but I don't think they look bad. I think they look pretty pretty good. Uh, but unfortunately, this is this is not a good phone for the price, uh, which which is unfortunate. I mean, it is. Uh, everybody was hoping this was good, but god damn it! It's why That's is hard. it like? I I I like I'm happy Razer is trying to you know get into yeah I'm um, appreciative mobile that, but, like, yeah. like but it's at the same time I don't know hopefully to get better because their laptops have gotten a lot better the yeah, first their Razer laptops, Blade yeah. was like not great but they've gotten really good and like yeah, honestly hope, if you're considering hope, a Windows PC right now I would say look at Razer stuff look at Microsoft stuff yeah because Razer has put out really good laptops so hopefully in like two years from now it won't be as laughable as as the phone is today yeah I hope they learn from the mistakes I hope they understand why the camera is bad and why that that's not acceptable at this price range uh, and why the screen has terrible daylight visibility. Maybe they should figure out the water resistance then and maybe they should ship their phones with the latest version of Android. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, those are basic things. Like, like those are, at this price range, you can expect like all those things to be a thing. Uh, so that's the Razer phone. Unless we have anything else to say, we're going to move on to our sort of discussion topic uh, this week. Um, we're going to have to be talking about streaming service exclusives, I guess. Uh, this comes up because there was recently an album release, a big one. Uh, Taylor Swift's album Reputation uh, was released last week, right? Uh, yes. Uh, Reputation, which is... Um... Like I know we're not it's, we're gonna try and branch off something, but I just want to say reputation is Taylor at her pettiest. Uh like it is it is peak like so there is nothing wrong with the I'm a pop star and I do pop star things narrative. Uh, it's been done well. I think old Britney Spears albums are actually good in in terms of do of of like painting that that scene. But this one, like the production just sounds like she's chasing trends. Um the lyrical content is sounds like she's feeling entitled and like we were all enjoying that Kanye Twitter drama for like what three weeks two weeks and then we moved on and she's coming back a year later like being all petty about it like mm, you're trying to be messy but you're just being sloppy yeah yeah so this album I mean it's content aside um as the topic suggests this album for one week is is not available for streaming on any streaming service uh it is purchased only from i guess cd on itunes uh, is that it yeah uh, and if you go to target target has a exclusive 
uh, edition that comes with um, a magazine. She's chasing Frank Ocean there at the Boys Don't Cry magazine. And uh, it's full of bad poetry written by Taylor herself. I mean, yeah, this is this is a Taylor's thing, I guess. This is now a Taylor's thing where she doesn't release uh, albums straight away to streaming services and she wants people to actually buy them, which I can sort of respect, but it is frustrating at the same time because I just want to listen to the album without buying it. Like, if I like it, I'll buy it. It's not a big deal to for me to actually buy the album, but please let me listen to it before I buy it. Uh that's so that's the thing i mean it's it's not gonna be available until next week i guess uh on streaming services so so but our main topic is streaming service exclusives uh christian what do you have to say about streaming service exclusives so uh the main reason i first started using apple music was because they had exclusives um i believe drake had exclusives uh Frank Ocean obviously had exclusives. Frank Ocean now runs a radio show over there, but Spotify said they never wanted to get into exclusives. Um, Apple has since moved away. They said what they rather would do is um, have it so that they'll have artists. They have a series called Up Next, right, where they do like a film series going behind the album, right, and then they'll like have a big display page for the artist, and they'll give them like a, a Beats One radio show. Which is uh, with the work with the record labels or if independent artists, they give it a chance as well. Chance also might have had an exclusive though um, to promote new and upcoming artists, which uh, Spotify does in a different way. Spotify, so there's actually a feature this week. Did you read the article I sent you about their how they're expanding yes. what they did a rap caviar? Um, they're into doing Latin video. Music? Yeah, they're yeah. moving it to video, uh, vertical videos um, of like they're attaching like videos of artists, like interviews and like you know behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and like music videos and you know attaching them to playlists for promotion purposes which is interesting i think uh spotify also does a lot of a lot of stuff like they have like if i go to browse right now on on spotify you have like uh fre- like playlists like called fresh finds of various kinds so like they have pop they have uh hip-hop and r&b they have electronic and dance uh, discovery playlists they have you know rock indie and you know and folk uh playlists. so Spotify is really focused on, you know, like discovery, like and promotion uh, of music. A lot of their stuff like Discover Weekly and like, you know, weekend playlists and like daily generated playlists, uh, very focused on promotion and discovery. So that's what Spotify is doing. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Groove is yeah. Dead, Rip. Uh, Rip. Yeah. I think it's only Spotify, Apple Music. I guess there's Google Play Music, but really like. Who uses Google Play Music? Only the biggest Google nerds, I think. And please Google don't Play. at me if you use Google Play Music. I, I know like two people who do, but you're in such a minority. And the only reason why Google can claim, can claim that they have Google Play Music subscribers is for people to pay for YouTube, Red. Like, let's be yeah. honest, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's also um, Tidal. Do, do we still talk about Tidal? The because thing about Tidal, well. right? So Tidal is only when it sells exclusives. Uh, and that's more or less Jay-Z just going around to a bunch of artists and being like, I was about to do a Jay Z voice. I won't. Oh, <laughs> Jay Z no, no, no. was going to was going around saying like, right, I'll give you a couple hundred million just to stay on title. Like I title from what we could tell, they've been like switching CEOs and stuff. That's probably like in shambles too. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about mildly concerned about title, but like title has the Beyonce albums. Uh, you can still Jay-Z buy them though, right? You can still buy the CDs and the and they're timed uh, exclusive, so it's not that bad, right? Yeah. I mean, but, it's still like the whole concept of exclusives. I think it does not work in music because of how easily paratable music is, right? Like with games, there's at least like a technological difference, right? Like you literally cannot run an Xbox exclusive game on a 
PS4 or a PC, right? Right. But with a uh, album, just head to the Pirate Bay or uh, Rest in Peace. What dot CD may forever be blessed. Yes. Uh, you know, peace. you can just hear it on YouTube. People just upload it there before it gets like DCMA. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, so, it's, it's, so it's going to be on shareable. every pirate site by the as soon as it comes out. So like he, that cat's out of the bag. It hasn't been out of the bag since fucking Napster. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, these exclusives barely work if you actually want to, like, you're not going to stop anybody other than the most casual uh, of listeners. So, I mean, that's, that's, uh, I I don't think they're consumer friendly at all. Like, this is, exclusives are not good for anybody except for the people who make money from them. So that includes uh, the record labels, maybe the artists, uh, uh, and the streaming services themselves. Uh, So that's, it's it's not benefiting the music listener in any way, really. Like you're not benefiting from exclusives. It's the same thing that applies to video games. Like consumers don't really benefit from them because they're they're, they're for the game developers, you know, uh, and the and the console manufacturers to sell consoles. So it's the same thing applies here. Uh, you're not the benefit. You're not the one benefiting from them. So there's nothing to be happy about when like an album is is exclusive to your particular streaming service like that is not a good thing like that is not a thing to be happy about there's not a thing to celebrate uh you shouldn't celebrate that uh you should you should you should be asking for music to be available as widely as possible like uh, as in uh, in many formats as as is feasible uh physical formats uh digital formats digital stores so itunes bandcamp uh all streaming services spotify apple music title uh google play music uh you want the album to be available as, as so as many people as possible can listen to it. Um, because yeah, that's that's my take on streaming service exclusives. They're not good. They're not good for uh, basically most people. Only a minority benefit from them. So it's in general they're a net negative uh, on the industry. Uh, yeah, it's like we, this is this is one of the f- rare times where I'm ever going to say this, but music streaming services are like a place where it's the only way you should be competing is on a technological advantage, right? Because it's like so Spotify has humans who do the playlists and they have the algorithmic ones, right? Where they uh let's give it to you every week. Apple, I think Apple goes more for just having purely human curated, which those are two perfectly fine things, right? Because Spotify gives you some good playlists and Apple Music has like there's custom radio shows, right? Or there's special radio shows, and like Beats One has some good stuff. LP, Run the Jewels has their own thing. Uh Frank Ocean has one, right? So it's a bit yeah. more personality based. Yeah. But I think they both have their own merits. Um, right. Right. And I mean, I guess Apple Music also has original video, but we're not going to talk about that. We don't need to talk about Planet of the Apps, right? Like, I don't, we don't need to talk no. about that. No. But uh, I think that both of these services are both like they don't need exclusives. You don't need exclusives to win no. music because it just pisses people off more than anything. Yeah. Um, and real fans always buy physicals, right? Like you're um, not you're not going yeah. to get fans of an artist who's a streaming service because if they say like I'm a Kendrick fan I'm going to buy that Kendrick album right I'm yeah, gonna buy the vinyl I'm gonna buy the yeah, CD um, or whatever I, I buy the CD because that's the um when I'm buying music um I buy CDs because that is still the easiest way uh to get a lossless copy right because when I when I buy music I'm buying it because I really like the album and I want the best possible copy of it. Um, and I don't, which is why I don't buy from iTunes uh, most of the time. I've only bought like one album on iTunes, and that was Drake's Views. Uh, but yeah, like I buy CDs because that's the best, still the best format I can get, and these, and I can rip them and have the flags and archive them and listen to them without any, de- uh, without 
uh, any internet connection, you know, uh, for those people uh, who like like to do that still, you know, people there are still there. I think there are still a lot of people who listen to music without streaming services. Like they do listen to music of that is locally stored on the device. Uh, so that's that's still relevant. Uh, that's not that hasn't gone away. Uh, a lot of people do that. So yes, please artists, please don't do exclusives. Uh, please release your music everywhere so I can listen to it. Thank you. Um, and Christian, if there's nothing else to say, I think we can wrap this up, right? No, yeah, I think we're we're good to wrap up. Um, well, I should say that uh, Apple Music recently added uh, profile support. So um, if you do use Apple Music, I'm gonna throw my link to my public profile in the uh, in the show notes. So if you wanna add, follow me there and because uh, public playlists, I think albums you can recommend will also show up there. So, you know, if any listeners want to do that, I'm down with that. That'll be in the show notes. But with that, yeah, let's wrap up for the week. Um, as always, you can find the show notes and the RSS feeds and the various links at twoshadesofbrown.com. You can, there's also email address, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com if you want to send any feedback or, you know, other suggestions that way. Uh, you can also find me on Mastodon at StaticSafe at Mastodon.ZombaCloud.com. And today, this week, I'm going to I'm gonna also shout out to JoinMastodon.org. Uh, Mastodon is lit right now. It is a lot of new people are joining uh, because Twitter is hot garbage. So if you want to check, <laughs> uh, if you want to check uh, Mastodon out, now is a very good time. Uh, go to JoinMastodon.org. Find an instance for you. Uh, I uh, just as a side note, I run an instance as well, ten four without social. If you want to check that out, it's a, it's a Star Trek theme, but you don't have to be uh, attached that to join. So that's that, Christian. Um, you know, I'll, I guess I'm also gonna hop on this Mastodon hype. I know I shit on it sometimes, but I I still enjoy it. You know, uh, what's 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 the hypercritical thing? Nothing is as too perfect that it can't be complained about, right? Right, right. So, um. I am chose fine at instance.business. I run the instance instance.business. Um, feel free to join there. You know, it's also one that's open for signups. Uh, of course, there's joinmastodon.org. And, um, Gino, just uh, if you if you make an account there, just do a post of hashtag introductions, and there is a ninety eight point seven five percent chance that Static will retweet it. Yes, uh, if, if you if you are. Uh... If you're joining, make sure to do an introductions post. I will I'll almost definitely see it, uh, and I'll definitely boost it. Uh, if you're an artist, uh, make sure to tag your posts with hashtag master art, uh, and I will see those as well, and I boost basically all art. It uh, doesn't matter what what medium it is on. Uh, just, just post your shit. Uh, I want to share your art uh, to, to the world. So do that. Um, and with that, I think goodbye. Goodbye. Um.